So if you are the, if you're the spender and you can't seem to stop spending, make it hurt, make your spending hurt. And guess what? You'll break it. You'll break it. Oftentimes what you need though, is someone to help you through accountability, somebody to keep you motivated, somebody who's going to get you through the hurt so that you flip it over and your body learns different habits and your brain starts to tell you that spending money actually is hurting you and saving money is keeping you healthy and keeping you happy. Welcome to Living a Budget. My name is Katherine Vanderlaan. I'm a financial and career coach at Saber Street. This podcast is for people who are hungry to get to financial independence and retiring early, which means getting out of debt, saving like it's second nature, and setting up your life to pay it forward. Living a budget is about so much more than just budgeting. We tackle the hard topics, all with the goal to have as much fun as possible while getting to financial independence and retiring early, whatever that looks like for you. I firmly believe you can have fun while getting to financial independence because I've done it myself and I know you can too. Let's get started. Welcome to Living a Budget, Episode 6. A saver and a spender got married. Okay, this is a fun one. This is when one spouse really loves to spend money. That's me. And the other spouse really loves to save money. That's my husband. So what do you do? What do you do when this happens? Let me tell you about a couple clients of mine, John and Jessica. Jessica was a detail-oriented saver. She loved to save money because spending money made her anxious. She saw how her parents reacted and, and fought when they couldn't pay bills. She saw how it, it kind of soured their relationship, and she did not want that in her marriage. She loved her husband, John, so much. She wanted a strong marriage and desperately wanted to avoid fights. But every time he spent money that was either outside their budget or was something for an emergency, or at one point he got a car loan that she was not terribly thrilled about, she got super terribly anxious and they ended up having a fight. They didn't want to talk about money. It was causing struggle in their relationship when every other aspect of their relationship was pretty strong. Now, John, on the other hand, he was a big picture kind of person. He knew they could afford to spend a, a little bit more. They had a retirement plan. So he thought, you know, what's the big deal if he bought a car he wanted? He made a lot of money, so it should be fine. They knew their plan. They knew they were on track. They knew that, you know, he knew that they could kind of spend a little bit more and it would be okay in the grand scheme of things. He also wasn't the one tracking every single expense. He wasn't detail oriented. He didn't actually know um, because he wasn't looking at it, how much he was spending on a daily basis. So what did they do? They were clients of mine and we went through many, many, many discussions. I, I mediated different discussions and asked a lot of questions, but here's, here's kind of the point. If you're in a relationship where one person is the spender and the other one is the saver, you're going to have some conflicts. 
you view money in different ways. For the saver, money is security. And for the spender, money is a fun tool to use. So that person who is a saver, they're a saver because they need to know that if a rainy day were to happen, they can rely on themselves. They can rely on the money in their account. Nothing terribly bad. The worst is not going to happen because they have a backup plan. They have a plan B. They have a plan C. Sometimes they have a plan D in place. And if anything happens to that backup plan, they start to feel like, well, you know, if something were to happen in my life, I, I don't know what, you know, how bad it could go. So when their spouse, their spender spouse goes and spends money that they had in their account that their spender spouse knows they can just make up real quick in a month or two, that saver starts getting anxious and starts feeling like their spouse doesn't care about them. Their spouse doesn't understand where they're coming from and their spouse doesn't, uh, isn't planning for the future, doesn't understand how they're feeling and doesn't feel loved. Now the spender, on the other hand, when the, when the saver texts or talks to them and says, Hey, what was this expense for? What happened? They feel attacked. The spender feels like, you know, I know we can, we can do this. I know we have enough money. I know that, uh, this shouldn't be a big deal. So why are you making this such a big deal? I hear that all the time. Why is this such a big deal to you? Why are you feeling this way? It shouldn't be like that. What is causing you to feel this pain, to feel this, this anxiety? It's just a little bit of money. We're still on track. It's okay. And so it creates this antagonistic relationship between spouses who should be a team. Your marriage should be the best team you'll ever be on. And if you put your marriage first, if you work through this communication around money, it will be the best team you've ever been on. So explore how you feel about money and bring those feelings to your spouse. Oftentimes, the conflict is all around communication and a lack of understanding of of how that other person feels. So bring that up and talk about it. Have those hard conversations. Your job is to put your marriage first and treat it as if it's the best team you'll ever be on. And if you think about the different teams that you've been on, think about the people on them. If you've been on a team and everybody had the same personality, it's not going to work, is it? You know, that team is going to be dysfunctional because people are not going to get along. You're not going to get anything done, or maybe you'll get too much done in the wrong way, in the wrong direction. So teams need different personalities. They need different perspectives and teams need to work together to address when one person feels anxious and another feels held back. Talk it out, guys. I know you can do it. So let's go through a few different scenarios. Objection one, my husband or wife doesn't want to sit down and talk about money. Yes, I hear this all the time. Make it about you then, not about the money. Money is just a tool. So if you have a spouse who's uncooperative, who doesn't want to talk about money, chances are it's because every time you've talked about money or they've seen their parents talk about money, it creates more conflict. So set some ground rules. Talk only about the facts 
and then about how the facts influence your feelings. Talk about how you want to be a team. Talk about how you love each other. Use the SBI model. I love the SBI model in business. It also works here. That is situation, behavior, impact. Focus on the facts. This is the situation. We're in debt. You know, we have $50,000 worth of credit card debt. Here's, you know, here's the behavior. When we don't follow our budget or when we spend more than we make, we add to that debt instead of paying it off. It, here's the impact. It makes me feel anxious about our future, afraid that we won't be able to pay our bills if something happens to one of us and concerned, honestly, that you don't really love me as much as I thought you did. It feels like you're prioritizing your wants, your spending more than our relationship and more than the love that we share. It doesn't feel good to me. And I, I want to work on this together as a team. I want to do this as a couple, as a married couple. I want to, to tackle this together so that we can have a future that we're proud of. So do you see the difference there? So at the beginning of the conversation, and I, I didn't say this, I didn't model this. You set some ground rules. Hey, honey, I'd like to talk about something that I'm feeling right now. I, I'd like to talk about how anxious I am and what's causing that. In this, I don't want to attack you and I'm not going to attack you and I'm not going to bring up the details, but I want you to hear my heart because I love you and I want us to be a team. Okay. That's the beginning. Then you get into the SBI models, the situation behavior impact and only say what's the truth. Then stop and let your spouse respond. Because if you lay it out, lay out the facts, here's the situation. Here's how much debt we're in. Here's the behavior. This is what got us into debt. And when we spend more than we make, we continue to get into debt. Here's the impact. This is what's happening to my feelings. And this is what is happening to our future. And I don't know what to do anymore. And it is causing me a lot of distress. Then let your spouse respond. You have to wait. You have to let him or her, you have to let your spouse respond. It usually goes really well. Here's the second situation that I see often. I'm the spender and I can't seem to stop spending. Whenever I feel bad, I turn to shopping because it makes me feel better. I hear that a lot. I, there are a lot of people who use shopping as a way to escape what is going on in their lives, escape whatever problems they're facing. So you, and, and if you're saying this, you don't need me to tell you that your spending isn't making your life better. You know that already. Instead, you need to change your habits. But of course, if you're saying that, you don't know how. So when a client comes to me with this problem, we make it hurt. And I know, <laughs> I know that's counterintuitive and I'm sorry, uh, but it works. And it works because that's how your brain works. Group Financial Coaching is a group that's getting out of debt together. We celebrate wins, keep each other accountable, and tackle the hard life questions that come up. If you wish you had a group of like-minded people to lean on and learn from, join us in Group Financial Coaching. We're here to help you get to financial independence and have fun on the journey. Learn more at saverstreet.com slash group financial coaching.
So let's talk about that. Your brain is a predictive muscle. You shop because it makes you feel better when you're feeling bad. Think about the last time you were spending money. What I mean, other than grocery shopping or buying necessities, but even maybe sometimes then. When you go on a shopping spree or you buy something you don't necessarily need, it's to make you feel better in some regard. Go ahead. Think about it. Press pause. Think about the last time you spent money that you, you didn't need to spend. And it, it's because your brain is a predictive muscle. It turns to spending because it knows that's how to make you feel better in the moment. When you spend money, it, it releases this immediate and very temporary blast of those pleasure hormones, those, those pleasure neurotransmitters in your brain. I shouldn't have said hormones, they're neurotransmitters you know, a a dopamine burst. Okay. You, you hear that every now and then dopamine burst. What it means is you've done something that makes you feel good and your brain has a response and makes you feel even better. Okay. So when you turn it around and you make spending money hurt you, when you associate your past spending habits with the hurt it's causing you, that changes how your brain reacts. You're building this history. Your brain is only predictive because it has a history it relies on. So when you're, when you build a history of hurt associated with spending money, it will stop turning to spending money as a way to make you feel better. So that that's how you break that habit. You have to make it hurt. So when you, When you associate your past spending habits with the hurt that you're feeling now to get out of it, you will break that habit. It will start to make you feel sick instead of making you feel better. Your brain is trying to protect you. That's why we got to where we are now. Your brain predicts what makes you happy and healthy and does more of that in that order. Happy and then healthy. That's why junk food tastes so good because it makes you happy. It gives you that pleasure neurotransmitter, but it doesn't make you healthy. So spending money, it makes you happy, but it doesn't make you healthy. It is the junk food of your spending. So if you're, if recovering from your spending literally makes you miserable, you'll stop spending because your brain will subconsciously remember the consequences of those actions. So let's go back into, into food habits. And this isn't a perfect analogy, but it's pretty good. When people start replacing junk food with healthy food, it feels terrible at the beginning and it's hard to it's hard to make that change because your body is constantly telling you but I want the junk food. I want the junk food. I want to feel better. I want to feel better. I want to feel better. But what you're doing is you're building those negative associations with the junk food by eating the healthy food saying, you know, this is my punishment. And actually, after a while, your brain doesn't want to feel bad and, uh, and it likes to be healthy. So it starts making you feel great when you eat that healthy food, you're changing your brain chemistry by eating the healthy food. And as you know, as a, as a parallel, you change your brain chemistry when you save money and it's hard at the beginning. It's really hard. That's why people stop doing this and why we have such an obesity problem and such a paycheck to paycheck and debt problem in the United States because it's hard to get through it without community support, without a support network. Um, That's why I have a job. So, okay. All right. Back to junk food. So if you start eating this healthy food, your motivation is going to go super way down because it'll be hard, 
but you're building that history in your brain of, you know, this was terrible. This is making me miserable. And then your brain needs starts to adapt and it changes your brain chemistry saying, actually, now I'm looking forward to eating that cucumber or uh, in the case of your money, I'm now looking forward to saving on payday instead of spending on payday. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that bank account number go up or seeing my investment number go up instead of seeing, uh, Instead of seeing how much I can spend wherever it is you're spending on on things, experiences, food, you know, restaurants, bars, whatever it is. So you change your brain chemistry. And then in the future, when you start spending money, if you go back and you start spending money or eating junk food, okay, people who change their diet to a healthy diet their body learns that it causes them to be healthy and starts to love it. And then the next time they start having junk food, their body reacts terribly and makes them feel awful. Now you didn't feel this awful before, but now your body knows that healthy equals happy. And remember it's prioritizing happiness and health. So when you go back from being healthy to, to eating junk food, your body feels awful and it starts telling you, okay, I'm a predictive muscle. Don't eat this junk food. I don't want you to feel unhealthy anymore. So I'm going to make you unhappy. So you don't feel unhealthy anymore. Do you see how that works? So then relaying, you know, coming back to your spending, when you get to a point where you're saving money, and you're seeing your investments go up or your, your emergency fund go up and you've taken enough time to break that spending habit, you know, you're living in that healthy tension of money, you know, you have to spend some, but you also have to save some. Once you start spending too much, you know, outside your budget on different items, things that you don't need, that your body will stop making you feel happy about it. Instead, it'll start making you feel sick. So if you are the, if you're the spender and you can't seem to stop spending, make it hurt, make your spending hurt. And guess what? You'll break it. You'll break it. Oftentimes what you need though, is someone to help you through accountability, somebody to keep you motivated, somebody who's going to get you through the hurt so that you flip it over and your body learns different habits and your brain starts to tell you that spending money actually is hurting you and saving money is keeping you healthy and keeping you happy. Okay. Your brain will subconsciously remember the consequences of your actions. So that that's how you go kind of from a, 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 a huge spender to a moderate saver. Like don't get your expectations too high. The other thing that I hear often, and this breaks my heart, my spouse doesn't want to change. So you've had the discussions and your spouse doesn't want to change their habits. That's a really hard one. This is when you need to talk about your future and create a picture of where you want to go together. So you've had that first discussion and your spouse still doesn't want to change you need to dream together, dream about what you could do if you retired early, if you had enough money, oftentimes uh, your spouse, 
doesn't want to change because they don't see anything worth changing for. They don't see future happiness being higher than their current happiness. I know that that sounds hard, you know, and and harsh, but they don't live in your brain. They live in theirs. They have a mind of their own. Show them something that's worth changing for and guide them to believe that it's possible because it is. Dream together and then make a plan to get to that dream and show them that it's possible. Show them that you can do it too while still having fun. So bottom line here, when you're a spender and a saver living together, married and managing a budget together, and you're driving each other crazy, communication is key. If you're in a relationship, you're going to have some major conflict and money is probably one of the top conflicts. It can be resolved through talking it out as long as your hearts are in the right place. As long as you're coming to this as a team, not as a, you know, I want this and he wants that and, and I'm accusing you and, you know, we are fighting each other instead of coming together and working as a team. You can't resolve this until you get your team straight. I have some resources that can help you out at saverstreet.com, like a budget template, a free budgeting course called Budgeting Made Easy. I'm also happy to sit down with you and talk you through it. If you book a complimentary consultation, I do this all day. John and Jessica is just one. I mean, their names are changed, but they're, they're just one example of this. You and your spouse have to talk about your dreams, your goals, and prioritize them together. Then make a plan together. Treat your marriage like the best team you've ever been on. And it'll start to feel like that too. If you're having a a huge conflict around money, go through those, go through those options I just talked about. Use the SBI model and stick to the facts and talk about how it's affecting you, that impact. Have a dreaming session together where you're thinking about the future you could build and then make a plan and, and show that you actually can get there because you, you probably can budget and know where your money is going and do all of this together. What, I mean, one person's going to be crunching the numbers. You don't need to crunch the numbers together. I'm not asking you to pull your spouse's teeth out here, but like do the decision-making together. Treat your marriage like the best team you've ever been on. And it'll start to feel like that too. Okay. I hope this helped. I'll see you in the next episode. This is a bit of a longer one. And subscribe. If you haven't subscribed to Living a Budget, subscribe. It'll help you either now or down the line. I can't wait to see you in the next episode. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Living a Budget. I'm glad you're here. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate our podcast on iTunes or whatever you're using to listen. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at saver.street. And if you need help with your personal finances, feel free to book a complimentary consultation at saverstreet.com. We'll help you find what you need in your journey to financial independence. I'll see you in the next episode.